Hi guys! Before we get started at the NWO and Review podcast, we'd like to tell you about a great way to support us through our Patreon. For $5, you'll get our show notes, handwritten by us, Alex and Richard. For $10, you get an unedited six hour long cut of our podcast. For $25, you get NWO Knows Letter. It is a roundup of current wrestling storylines, news and entertainment, and global politics. For $50, you get a private webcam show with the boys, Alex and Richard, for 15 minutes. It's not what you think, guys. All right, let's get into it, guys. Hogwild 96 should be a good one. This episode sponsored by MyFreeCamps.com. And welcome back to the NWO in review. My name is Alex. And I'm Richard. And we are here to talk about Hog Wild 1996. Do you remember Sturgis 96, dude? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I was not old enough to drive. Uh, I, I did not. Uh, I did not. I, I didn't ride that hog back in the day. <laughs> you weren't on the hog? I wasn't on the hog. <laughs> you were very low on the hog. Uh, can I just say that you're also the... Uh, you do a, a fantastic Mean Gene impression. Just judging by the intro. That was good. That was really good, yeah. That was <laughs> excellent. We want to thank everyone for all of your love and support that we've gotten from since the release of our last episode. Just a little bit of, you know, yeah. helpful criticism... Um, Five star and one star ratings. That's it. Yeah, People love us or hate us. Yeah, we're really just riding uh, the extreme mm-hmm. uh, spectrum there because yeah. we're, we're on one end or the other, or the other. I like it. Just bring it on. Bring uh, on the hate. We got some mild criticisms. Uh, we were accused of body shaming. Yeah. Uh, being <laughs> being passive, uh, passively microaggressive. Uh, and, you know, I just want to address those criticisms uh, right now. Um uh, I'm sorry, and uh, we will do better. I'm not sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for myself. I mean, so I mean, I I believe this was directed at us mostly for the John Tenta, uh, Big Boss Man match. We, yeah. we were making fun of weight. Yeah, and if you know what, I understand how people. I uh, I was also kind of appalled at my own behavior, uh, and not for the things that I said, but that I actually sat through that entire match. Yes. Definitely not the match of the night. It was like a Big Mac wrestling a Whopper. It was pretty bad. So this week we're talking about Hog Wild 96. How wild was it? It was quite wild. It was quite wild. Uh, A month has passed since Bash at the Beach 96. Mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan now dons black. Yeah. And uh, is the chief bad guy in town. Mm Mm-hmm. Numerous couple of weeks ago on Nitro. That's an official job title, by the guy. By the way, is the baddest man in town. Is this chief bad guy in town? <laughs> chief bad guy well, in town. What would that even be? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess you're you're decked out in all black, 
and you have a cowboy hat. He's the C- you're gonna you're gonna challenge the sheriff. He's the CBO, the chief badass op- officer. <laughs> he has challenged the giant, and they're gonna challenge him for that world title, and uh, that is the main thrust of the evening. Less than an hour from an icon of democracy, and the geographic center of these United States. Through the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a small town of 6,500 people lies in wait. Since 1938, enthusiasts have gathered here for something more than just riding a machine between your legs. It is known simply as Sturgis, the motorcycle rally of the world. A quarter of a million bikers are jammed into this small town for racing, festivities, and the biggest biker party on the planet. New to the mix this year, World Championship Wrestling arrives proving that this annual event will truly be hog wild. Before we get underway, mm-hmm. let's talk about our announcers this evening. We once again have Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rhodes, and Bobby Heenan. Tony Schiavone is decked out in his finest biker regalia. I'm so glad that you that you mentioned Tony Schiavone because I wasn't sure whether to start with Dusty Rhodes or Tony Schiavone first. Now, he, he has a hat. He has like a leather hat, mm-hmm. and he's got uh, like a denim, like a denim vest. Yeah, and he's got. I think you described him as Morpheus sunglasses. Morpheus sunglasses, very much Morpheus like a style sunglasses. This time in his life, Tony Schiavone is also uh, he's rocking kind of a mullet esque. Uh, Did he have a hair. mullet? Um, you know, Bash of the Beach, I think he did, but I think there's something about the hot hat that makes it a bit more uh, pronounced. Mm. And so that combined with his Morpheus specs and apparent temporary tattoo. <laughs> Which Dusty Rhodes even makes a point to point out. He's like, pointing at it. He, po- he Not in a figurative <laughs> way, he literally lifts his arm up and points at it while the cameras are running on, <laughs> on Dusty and Tony. Basically, Tony Schiavone looks like a fucking clown. Just clown shoe yeah. announcer bullshit. He looks like a fucking idiot. He looks like he's a man. He looks like a narc in disguise at Sturgis. Oh, yeah. Uh, he he also looks like he bought the all of his entire outfit on the way to Sturgis at various gas stations. Like, it's that cobbled together. Well, that is, to be fair, the, the trucker's outfit is probably cobbled together in at various truck... Uh, truck stops along the way yeah so to be fair that is a mark of authenticity exactly. in his yeah, favor exactly 
Uh, and Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes looks looks the same, um, looks in the same condition. But he he looks that way like he, it's been well worn. Like he's already bought this stuff at truck stops. It's gone back into its closet. He's worn it a couple times to various outings, uh, and then and then now he's he's finally getting getting to showcase it on the big time. Was he wearing shorts? I don't know. Oh yeah, I think he was wearing cut off jean shorts. Oh, bro. that's so cool. Acid wash. Uh, and then a, I believe it was a sleeveless jean top. That man is cool. Yeah. He's a cool ass man. He looks like a Canadian beach bum in, those, <laughs> in that denim getup. Uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, I don't me- remember what he was wearing. Uh, he had like some sort of cummerbund or something on. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was very weird. Well, Bobby Heenan not following through with the biker's aesthetic. Yeah, he's uh, still he's. St- I think he w- he just came from like a like a uh, funeral or something. Well, maybe that's because he's the heel announcer. Oh, okay. You know? So he doesn't want to you know get involved with the the crowd. Right, right. He wants to go grain go go against the grain a little bit. Our first match of the evening: Ultimo Dragon wow. versus Ray Mysterio. It's this match is. I'm not even joking right now. I, I do like my goofs, but this match has one of the most... I wrote it down in my notes. Unbelievable one minute of wrestling. Yeah, this is a good match. There's a there's a minute where it is the most high-flyingest, like, hard-dickinest wrestling I've... Yeah. I think you, you're extremely impressed with the spot where... Okay, so... Rey Mysterio, like, gives a drop kick. A drop kick to the back that would yeah. sl- sends ultimo dragon to the outside yeah throws him through the ropes and knocks ultimo dragon off the mats and off the platform yeah. that the ring is like suspended on. ultimo dragon like he flips off the platform and like lands he lands yeah. good and he stands up and then the camera's just on ultimo dragon yeah and, and then, then and then ray mysterio just comes flying out of nowhere yeah and they didn't get any other angles on it but it looks so cool it's nuts it's yeah. absolutely sick and i i could have sworn that ray ray mysterio uh ray mysterio jr like hit smoked his head on the ground and that was it like there was it was we had to move on to ray mysterio the third because ray mysterio jr was no longer with us but he lives but he lives miraculously enough uh this is this is probably one of the more impressive uh uh, matches that I've watched in the two matches that I've watched. And, well, it should be said, this is for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. So, oh, is it, it is a championship match. It is a championship okay. match for the Cruiserweight belt. Last time, we didn't really go into detail about the previous Cruiserweight match, but since last month, Dean Malenko has lost the Cruiserweight belt to Rey Mysterio. He lost it yeah. the next night, and now Rey Mysterio, hot up-and-coming babyface champion yeah. is going uh, against Ultimo Dragon mm-hmm. and having these bang-out matches week to week. And uh, this being one. Uh, Ultimo Dragon is a great striker, mm-hmm. throwing so many kicks. A lot of leg combos. A lot of leg combos. So many. And those have to hurt. Like it does. It, he puts some force behind it. I know it's like, yeah. They still have to smart a little bit. It's a good match, and it ends when... Uh, Ultimo Dragon tied up on the top rope. Rey Mysterio goes for the Frankensteiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultimo Dragon blocks it. And so uh, Rey just goes off on his own. And then Ultimo Dragon stays on the top rope. 
but then Ray immediately goes back for the Frankensteiner again, and then this time gets it, and then yeah. gets the one two. And it's it's it is a good match. It's a solid it's a solid cruiser ma- cruiserweight match. Something that you'd expect from the first match of a pay per view. Yeah, and we're noticing a pattern here because yeah. last Rey last Mysterio year being being in the first match of every single pay per view ever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. On the last pay per view, we faced Psychosis. Yeah, very. F- High flying, uh, yeah. fast, uh, you know, high energy match. Yep. Um, and then this time, very much the same. Mm-hmm. Now, coincident. Now we're noticing a similar structure in all these pay per views because we immediately go on to the next match and we go to Scott Norton and Ice House. But Scott, it, this tonight is a song of. Ice and fire. Yes, Ice House and Scott Norton, <laughs> the the second round fatty fights for all you guys. Uh, yeah, it's 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 always round one is Rey Mysterio versus somebody. Yeah, and then the second round is two seconds. And this one, I guess, a little bit more uh, athletically inclined than the last. Uh, one. Yes, Scott Norton can move. He can move. He's 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 quick on his feet. His arms were looking like he's never skipped an arm day in his fucking life. Well, he is a uh, he is an arm wrestling champion. Really? That is what I mean. That's what I've always heard. I don't know if there's actually like an arm wrestling league well, you know, that he's part of, but man, at, at some point he was accommodated for arm wrestling. I've heard about I've heard about people hitting the uh, really hitting the ceiling with arm wrestling world. Might have to move on to other forms of wrestling with uh, using other parts of their body. Which Scott Norton did, but mm-hmm. you don't know what process he went through in order to do that. Did he slowly incorporate the legs yeah. after the arms, and or did he did he work did he work his way from the arms to the core, and then <laughs> yeah. and then proceeded to only wrestle people that also use their upper body? Right, right. Wait, isn't that actually fucking Rome, Greco-Roman? You only use your upper body. Is that it? I don't know. I thought it was so like. So I was thinking that he only used his lower body, like Rocky, when he was trying to train to be a southpaw. He kicked? Or he only trained... He only trained with his non-dominant hand. I was going to say, like, you're not allowed to kick in boxing. Yeah, unless it's it's my tie. I'm only training... I'm only training my legs. Only I never <laughs> and never skip leg day. In fact, that's all I ever do. Yeah, because no. when you go, when you bring your legs to a boxing match, so many that's the secret. So many times in uh, in arm wrestling, though, is they get a little bit of um, you know they they might have uh, a reach reach too high like Icarus or Day Dallas. Scott Norton with his uh, with his they call him Scott Flash Norton. He's got Flash written on the side of his trunks. Yeah, and you mentioned it was... It was a Rocco's Modern Life font, which, you know, is a very nice aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we also noted, like, at the Sturgis... When they cut to the Sturgis rally, they have, like, a, you know, the Sturgis 96 banner hanging up. And that is also a font that you only would have seen in 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was the cruise, the, the cruise in USA font. Basically, the story of this match was... Ice House's arm, yeah, severely injured, bandaged up. So Scott Norton just works the arm for you know for the entire duration of the. Oh episode. yeah, I mean this the bandage was a clear indicator to the audience that that with it's it's just a big old red target, just a big old bullseye right on Scott on uh, on Natty Ice's shoulder. Um, uh, I mean that that is that is classic working as a heel exactly. You know. 
concentrating on the on the body part. I mean, he did do Dusty Rhodes commented when Scott Norton was stomping a mud hole a couple yeah. of times into uh, the ice chest. Which man loves? I love that. And you asked me what stomping a mud hole is, and I actually, I, it's a shame uh, f- for anybody that does uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, there will be the visual aid that I helped uh, that I I helped Alex understand what stomping the mud hole was. Yeah, I said it's like a goatsy sized mud hole. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not for kids. Scott Norton works the arm until the iced tea uh, has no choice but to tap. Well, he actually doesn't even tap out. The the he refuses to tap out. Yeah. and the ref calls the match. Yeah, dude, that is some un- unsweetened iced tea. He's just not going to give up. No no give up in him. So this former tag team, I guess, is a grudge match of, of sorts. Yeah, a begrudge match. They, because, they were begrudged. Because I uh, because Bud Ice did not want to walk into that ring. I wouldn't. I would call it a he day. He shouldn't have wanted to. I would, I would be like a But taking, he did it anyway. I'm taking sick time. All in all, that's a pretty uneventful match. It, yeah, I mean, it kind of just was what it was. It was. It's a second rounder. It's a fat fight. Every following pay-per-view that we have coming up, we can only assume that the second match of the evening is going to be where the two big guys just mm-hmm. go at it. Yep. And the weight will only be increasing exponentially from this it's point on. It's true. It's true. We have a quick Ric Flair interview after that. Talking about the NWO. Talking about the NWO. They attacked Arn Anderson. Tourette's guy Arn Anderson. Oh, second! Oh, shit! Shit! America's sweetheart. Shit. I mean, they actually, yes. they, they do... This promo package where they're showing like Arn Anderson in like a tux, and yeah. he just looks like he's having like the time of his life. Yeah, exactly. No, and I like I mentioned that it looked like Arn Anderson uh, is was just like he just came off of the the set of SNL. He was like hosting. SNL. He just hosted SNL, exactly. and like, which is I would watch that. A one hundred percent. I would actually. Well, okay. I should correct myself. I would watch Tourette's. Why did Tourette's guy never host SNL? Why did Tourette's not, guy never wrestle in the WCW? That's a really good question. Hogan, Nash, Hall, whoever, you hurt my best friend. Didn't matter whether I was standing the sting and Luger. Through association, they could be in an ambulance with me. They could be in my home. If Arn Anderson's down, I'm there. I mean, Arn Anderson and I have been up and down this road for 15 years, man. We have bled, we have sweat, and we've cried. The emotion in this business is huge. It's hard. It's hard on you personally. I had decided in my own mind that Hogan and the New World Order and the Horsemen could coexist. But then they jumped on Arn Anderson, and it became a whole new awareness, a whole new ball game. This is our business. We stand top by getting involved. The other real friend in life is, is, is this company. This company is the best. I'll stand up for it. I'll fight for it. It's on now. It's on the table. It's us. It's survival of the fittest. It doesn't matter whether I like Sting or Sting likes me or Luger. It's one company now trying to be taken over by another. If the New World Order wants to make their mark and to really score, you've got your opportunity now because the horsemen are involved. Two of us can't survive. 
two companies can't survive. Go to bed with that thought tonight. Ric Flair is saying he means business with the NWO. Yeah. Which I guess that they're just hinting at a future feud down the line. And it was an under, like it was a very unusual circumstance, uh, unusual interview for Ric Flair. It was subdued. He was very subdued. I, I, I guess yeah. because he wasn't with Mean Gene. Right. Uh, mean Gene gets them all hopped up. Mean Gene is his boy. Um, so, yeah. A, a less gifted interviewer was probably talking to Ric Flair at this point because Ric Flair was very calm and collected and he was just like, we're going to get that NWO. Uh, there was also a quick ad following that was like for the... Uh, for the Hogwild uh, jean jacket and t-shirt. Yeah. You can buy your Hogwild merch. They don't do this enough anymore. Yeah. Where they're actually saying buy the shirt for the pay-per-view that you're watching. I've got my Hogwild jacket. And I've got my Hogwild t-shirt. And you can get yours. Just call 1-800-WCW-8661. And they are all up on the nuts of this, uh, of this, uh, the, the design. Yeah. They are. Th- Jimmy Hart is trying to sell you this. Jimmy shirt. Hart is trying real strong. Um, the, it is like, how, how much was it? How much was the shirt? It was like 22 bucks. 22 which is really bu- expensive. A 2195. 2195 for this shirt. Weirdest price. And you know what? I would actually, I would buy this shirt, but. I did notice at the very end that they said that the jean jacket and t-shirt were only available in XL. Which I think is smart. I think they're That's still probably gonna, they'd still sell it. a smart move on their part. Unfortunately, I am uh, precariously perched in between a small and a medium. So, Looks like it's the little boy's wrestling gear section for you. Exactly. Hi guys, this is Alex from the NWO in Review. Just wanted to tell you about another great way that you can support the show with our new Kickstarter page. Different tiers of support that you can pledge to. At the $5 level, you're officially at the jobber level. That gives you a nice thank you from us. At the $25 level, you get yourself a free NWO t-shirt. No size options, unfortunately. You just kind of get what you get. At the $50 level, you get yourself a one-time date night with the boys, Alex and Richard, at a vegan restaurant of our choosing. At the $100 level, we are officially your new dads, and you get yourself a private podcast. Anytime we desire on a topic of our choice. Sent directly to you. Once again, just one of the great ways you can support the show. Anyway, back to Hogwild96. We move on to Medusa yeah. versus Bull Nakano. What a, a match. Uh, what, in a, accompanied by uh, Sonny Ono. Uh, riding on his Akira cycle, basically. Now, you noted uh, Bull Nakano's hair. Yeah. She she did look like she was going Super Saiyan. Like, it was, it was very, very Yakuza Japanese. Like, kind of ridiculous. I don't understand what is going on with, with the things that are on her face either. Like, is she supposed to be rippling with, like, electricity, or... 
Yeah, I she guess just it's said, just sort of like she said shit all over her. All she had over a lot her of mug. shit on her face. Yeah, uh, and her hair. I I guess it's just vaguely anime. Yeah, let's evoke that. It actually gets more anime the more it falls down and kind of like goes off in its own direction. It starts. She starts to look increasingly like Goku. Now I don't know much about anime because I'm a normal person that is in a healthy relationship. Uh, but uh, this match did start off. Uh, somewhat fast-paced with uh, a nunchuck attack. Yeah, uh, which seems to have caught Dusty Rhodes by surprise, even though she walked out with a goddamn nunchuck. She walked. Well, okay, they have the nunchucks. Yeah. There's also a sledgehammer. Yeah. And everyone's riding out on a bike. Yeah. Medusa comes out on a bike, a very American uh, bike, mm-hmm. and big uh, old Harley, a purple, huge purple. I think Harley. it was actually her own. It Harley. was Prince's bike. Yeah. It's the same bike from Purple Rain. Yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> Finally, I think for the first time since us watching these pay-per-views, we also get a uh an an entirely appropriate USA chant. Yes. Uh and here's the and just to kind of kind of preface this, uh in the first match uh between Ultimo Dragon and Rey Mysterio Jr., they were chanting USA even though the whole background behind Rey Mysterio Jr. is he's a luchador wrestler from from, from Mexico. Mexico. And, but he was encouraging it, too. By appealing to jinganism. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. But this time around, this was entirely called for. Because yeah. you had uh, Bull Nakano yep. uh, as the scary Japanese lady. Terrifying. And Medusa, all-American gal, mm-hmm. with an all-American sports bra. <sighs> And, and now all-American all rack, baby. She, quite voluptuous. Yeah. Uh, perhaps... Third-gen feminist, you can take that one to the bank. <laughs> I, I would like to think that her uh, her bust might perhaps be artificially enhanced, if I, if I do say so. Now, that might be more appealing to the American demographic. Because yeah. I think that's, you know, something that we as a people have a penchant for is... The big fake breasts, especially in the 90s. I think and we have perhaps advanced a little bit since then. As a big, bulgy, throbbing American, Alex, I can tell you personally that I'm a man of faith and I want to believe that those boobs are real. Our objective stance on this match might be somewhat clouded because I think we did, we were somewhat just distracted by the possibility of side boob yeah. throughout of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I saw that opportunity was opening, I, I I quickly lost interest in, in whatever the match, whatever was going on. We, as soon as you realized that that sports bra yeah. wasn't going to give anything up. Yeah, that, that was just, it, it was packed to the brim, for one. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it, it was irresponsibly packed. You're going to have to get the brand name on that sports bra, because yeah. that is a fine piece of, of athletic wow. equipment right wow. there. Not a mat- natural fiber in that thing, and man, it is just, it was doing work. Anyway, the match ended when, uh... Bull Nakano goes for a back, a, a belly back suplex yeah. onto Medusa, and then gets the one two three. But Medusa's shoulder was up, but he, he counts to three, so they think they win. He still counts it, yeah. He still counts it. So Sonny Ono and Bull Nakano celebrate as if they won, mm-hmm. but then the ref is like, "Oh no, like you didn't win." Apparently, Bull Nakano's shoulders were yeah. down for the suplex. And kudos to the ref. They don't make that clear. Kudos to the ref for watching Sonny Bono walk over to Medusa's bike, but still like, and being like, no, no, you can't do that, but never once getting out of the ring. But he is holding a sledgehammer. 
So maybe you don't want to go. That's a fair point. So, I mean, that's a deadly tool. Where are the tasers for the refs? They should. They should be armed. Yep. The refs should be armed. Exactly. He gives a very safe hit with the sledgehammer to the seat. This should have been the first thing that happened in a post-9-11 world. (laughs) Arm the referees. He gives a very safe hit to the uh to the seat mm-hmm. and then medusa takes the sledgehammer away and trashes the akira style spike yeah really gives it her With gives glee. it her best yeah yes and then she seems kind of tired after that. I was actually nervous that she was going to, like, deck the kid. Oh, man. Uh, right behind her. With Inches. That guy, that kid had no, no, like, regard for his own safety when he's, he's just, he's leaning in with his face towards the sledgehammer. Almost, like, had his jaw taken off oh, of that yeah. thing. Yeah, he was about to get torn to pieces. Uh, but that's, that, there's not much else you can say about that. Um... Sonny Ono was good to see again. We'll throw back to two matches ago it's good to see his, his, he's he's doing all right yeah he's great you know missed him so they cut back to a backstage segment after after the match uh with the steiner brothers and this is where they're advertising their sort of live chat yeah. feature uh where you can talk to the wrestlers in real time and this is brought to you by CompuServe. CompuServe. now for all the kids out there for Compu- all the kids CompuServe. <laughs> Was a way to get on your dial-up connection, uh, which, yeah, there's no, there's no like analog. Like that is, that's the type. Uh, the dial-up connection was a type of torture that you they used to impose on on like old nerds. This is like pre AOL. This yeah, this is pre AOL. This is like pre like everybody's on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what I didn't know after a quick look up on the old CompuServe Wikipedia, which definitely exists. You didn't hop on CompuServe itself. I didn't hop on the old CompuServe.net and start surfing the interwebs. You think uh, that domain name's up for grabs right now? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that is up for grabs. I think you can scoop it up. Uh, I think also all GeoCities websites are also up for grabs. So if you wanted to... I don't know why people aren't scooping up that just for the nostalgia factor. And you then know, building up really shitty websites. You can hop on there. You can hop on uh, your Zanga. Yeah. Your uh, a live, live journal. Live journal. Do what? you have an embarrassing uh, live journal that people can look up? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that only because I don't want people looking up my live journal. Okay. So the, okay, the next yeah. match, Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko. Holy shitballs. This is a good match. This is an I don't epic wanna, match. This is an epic match. This is the crux of this podcast is that I am the quote unquote expert yeah. and you're the novice coming yeah. in. I want you when while watching this, I didn't want to like you know, inform your opinion too much, but I did kind of tell you this is one of my favorite matches. Yeah, I I don't think I I think that gushing would be too too far. But but I think that you do hold this match in some esteem, and it did not disappoint. No, it's very good. These are, and when we say epic, this is not this is not a misuse of the word. The match goes on for a forever for like it, it half goes, an hour. It goes on for a half hour, which and but it's like the action never stops. Yeah, and if and if any of you out there listening want to know what wrestling somebody is for a half an hour, just like go to your gym. Get on a treadmill, 
and then get on that stair climber. That thing can really take the wind. Get on that stair climber and then have a friend come with you and then try to fight you off of that stair climber. The yeah. end for for thirty minutes. That, for thirty whole minutes. That is what this. That is what this is. I'm gonna tell you that uh, when I go to the gym uh, and I get on that stair climber, that thing has the ability to make me sweat. Yeah. Like drops yeah. coming down. And you're the driest person I know. I'm very dry, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I don't have a whole lot of moisture. It takes a lot to get me to start sweating. Mm -hmm. The stairmaster brings that out immediately. Yeah. And I can only. Uh, I'd like to think of myself as in decent cardio shape, but uh, 20 minutes on you're that. You're fit, yeah. You you drink the wheatgrass. You don't you don't I smoke. Do. You don't drink drink excessively or anything like that. Like you're you're Not a, often. you're, a, you're a healthy guy. I, I am health conscious. Exactly. And I get on that stairmaster, and I last like 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I top out at 20 minutes. It's tough. And I'm gonna tell you what. Uh, this match. Watching this match seems slightly harder. Yeah. Uh, than that. Yeah, I would I would say uh, quite a bit more than slightly because these guys are glistening by the end of it. This is just Sweaty. really really two titans duking it out, and this is all serious. I, I can't really can't, can't really make much of a joke other than woman. She isn't. She's the, in the mix. Though. The end of the match. Okay. Well, hold on. I did okay. want to point out yeah. Dean Malenko, not to go back to the entrance. No, no, that's fine. Uh, but Dean Malenko comes out in a very tiny vest. And I think that's a little fun. Did you wanna did you wanna start that over so we can easily cut it out and then we can No, okay. just go back. <laughs> just We're gonna have to cut that part out. Let's and cut that this part. out. And that part. We're gonna cut this out. Yeah. Uh we can just edit this part out and that's fine. but we can uh but let's just talk about his tiny vest now. Okay, yeah. His vest is tiny. His vest is quite tiny. And it's very fun. It's adorable. He looks like Dean Malenko the the genie. It, he looks Dean, like genie Malenko. Dean Malenko is a short man. Yeah. And this vest is short on yeah. him. So this, I'm gonna say it, is a child's vest. I, I, yeah, I would say it's a, either a child's vest or some sort of vest for a, like a, like a Shih Tzu. Yeah. He stole a Shih Tzu's vest. Uh, an animal, a uh, prop animal costume. For, for various, like, for various, like, best in show competitions. Uh, so I did note that th this match goes at a breakneck speed using a lot of fast technical wrestling, uh, you know, full Boston Crabs, which I think Heenan dubs the Canadian Crippler Crab because it's so full. It's better. That It's better, and it looks like it, you need a new name for yeah. this. And I like that name. Um, and I mean, Chris Benoit has Dean Malenko on his head. With he is Boston resting crab. on his head. Yeah. And it looks painful. Yeah. Like, it. I mean... Even beyond a kayfabe sense, it looks uncomfortable to be in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And these these two are professionals. I also noted that uh, Chris Benoit is in a. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Chris Benoit has Dean Malenko in an abdominal stretch, mm -hmm. and in order to strengthen the abdominal stretch, yep. really wrench it back. Yeah, really gives, stretch those abs out. He gives Dean Malenko a wedgie. Yeah, and while, that's to, in the course of it. And the whole the premise behind that is he wants his, him to kind of tighten up and like and you know like really pucker. Really you're pucker gonna, his b-hole. You're gonna you're gonna clench. Yeah, and if that's happening, you're definitely in a clenching motion, which will take that muscle control off yep. your abdominals. Yep. So they're gonna get stretched even further. Yeah. And you're gonna go straight to the uh, it's gonna anal actually, anal muscles. I was just it's you know what it 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 it, it transfers the tension from the abdominal muscles to the b-hole, and that's how that's how that move works. 
Chris Benoit, veteran, knows this. Crafty. Uses it, uses it against Dean Malenko in this match. Extremely crafty. R- really takes his b-hole to task. Uh, throughout the course of this match, Bobby Heenan, uh, he really thinks he's calling it. Mm-hmm. He's like saying, that's it. Yeah. Like, Chris Benoit goes for a German yeah. suplex, pins Dean Malenko. That's it. Yeah. And it's not it. And this is also, like, just to put it in context, too, is this is not a match where they went for a pin one time and then, like, and then, like, Chris Benoit went to pin Dean Malenko. Yeah. And then, like, and then Dean Malenko breaks and then Chris Benoit gets up and he turns to the audience and is like, what was that about? Oh, yeah. Are people uh, supposed to do... He'll I, go for it one, two, three, four times. There, there, I think there's, like, ten covers minute it's, in this match it's unbelievable uh and so bobby heenan constantly saying that's it he's obviously making a joke of it yeah but uh still a little grating yeah. but you know he's a comedic master so you know i don't know we can only a little beyond our scope we can only hope to match we can only hope to match uh the perfect timing yeah. of bobby heenan so this match goes to um double overtime yeah and it's a shame because uh this crowd I don't think they know what they're watching. Yeah. I don't think they're really appreciative of what they're seeing. Yeah. This crowd, imagine, imagine a, a ring surrounded by 10,000 me's. Yes. They're just uh, perplexed. Yeah. And Enth- enthusiastic, but oblivious. You, but you, they're just like you, but mm. uh, they have a penchant for uh, leather and yeah. uh, loud motorcycles. Exactly. Exactly. Which, to my knowledge, I don't think you have. It's And it's also, well... Not the motorcycles, but, um, and it's also very distracting because they, they clearly have, they came to Sturgis to do better things. They did. They probably to get drunk. Yeah. And get drunk. Have a drag race or two. What do you actually do at Sturgis? That's it. That's what you do? Yeah. You, you do. go there and drink you and you hang out with your, uh, your local chapter. Yeah. That was, su- that, I mean, that was such an apt description. I feel like I th- I thought, I, I kind of thought for a second you were there, but you're actually, you're actually saying. I'm, I'm ever... spitballing here. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're just, we're just off the cuff. That's my guess. Wow. So what I think. No, so. that's very accurate. That's what I've heard goes on there. The match uh, ends uh, in its double over overtime uh, when woman. Yeah. Uh, making a return to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, distracts Dean Malenko on the apron. Yeah. And then she, like, I guess rakes his eyes, mm-hmm. and then uh, Chris Benoit goes for the roll-up. And they said he had he yeah. was holding on the tights, yeah. you know, for additional leverage, but I didn't see that. I don't think it really yeah, was. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Miss when... Elizabeth was also there, and she, she... She did a thing. She actually seemed a lot more sober than last time around. Yeah, she wasn't hanging with Ric Flair. But she literally did nothing. She walked out, and then that yeah. was it. I actually, she was just present. I miss the Miss Elizabeth, uh, Miss Elizabeth of old. The, are we talking about the uh, the demure, uh, classy Elizabeth from the eighties, or oh, are we no. talking about we're talking about drunk Elizabeth I'm that talk- was on the last show? Yeah, I'm talking about I'm talking about trashy, coked up club club fifty four, um, Miss Elizabeth. Should we mention that she died of a drug overdose? I mean, I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. Um, uh, we go to the next match. Uh, now, this is the Harlem Heat. Okay. Accompanied by uh, Miss Sherry and Colonel Parker uh, and the Steiner brothers. They they hopped off their CompuServe. Yeah, they saved their... The, Rick Steiner was, was balls deep in an EverQuest raid. 
and he got to a stopping point and was able to walk away from his computer. The Super Steiner Bros. The Super Steiner Bros. Uh, just a, a battle of deltoids. Um, very, very thick, meaty men. I'm going to say this. Yeah. The crowd seems to love Harlem Heat. Yeah, big fans. They love them. Big fans. Uh, it's a very first of all, this is a very diverse crowd in South Dakota. This is a very diverse crowd. There are older mm-hmm. uh, white yep. uh, bikers, yep. and then there are slightly younger uh, white white bikers. Uh, and I don't know what it is exactly about. And those. then there's Harlem Heat. And then there's Harlem Heat. <laughs> I don't know what it is about uh, that particular demographic that makes Harlem Heat. Uh, such an attractive tag team to them. Yeah. Uh, but I would imagine that this would be a very interesting match to have a microphone get the crowd. Uh, yeah. Or uh, maybe I want to hear what they're saying. I want to hear what they're thinking in a yeah. sort of like in a sort of what women want, what bikers <laughs> want. <laughs> what, what are they? What are they mentally thinking exactly. uh, in Booker T's direction? Exactly. They're re- constantly revving their engines, and the Steiners are encouraging yeah. this. It takes about five minutes for this match to actually start mm-hmm. because they're constantly just revving the engines and the crowd, they just love Harlem Heat so much that they're... Uh, they're revving their engines to hype them up. To hype them up, yeah. basically. And um, when the match finally does start, you get some cool kicks you know, from Booker T. Mm-hmm. Stevie Ray will come in and just uh, slow things drastically down and... Yeah. I start falling asleep. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, we both passed out several times during this, during uh, this match. I definitely glanced at my... F- like, whenever Stevie Ray was in, yeah. I was definitely... Uh, like, oh, here, here's a I was 30 glancing, seconds of dead time. I was glancing at my phone. Yeah. But, at the same time, um, you know, the Steiners are... You, you almost feel like you have to watch their matches just because the Steiners are so stiff yeah, in the ring. Yeah, very much so. And, and it's, it, is, it is crazy. You would think that, like, uh, them... them um, being so fantasy oriented and so and such a top tier EverQuest players that they would loosen them up a little bit, but I think that I think that Rick Steiner's mind was was on on the game. I think it was it was it was on his how his raid was doing. The match finally ends when Colonel Parker throws salt into the eyes. Well, he actually accidentally throws salt into the eye of uh, Booker T. Oopsie! And then. Miss Sherry, also on the apron, uh, throws uh, salt into the eyes of Scott Steiner. And then, finally, uh, Colonel Parker bashes Scott Steiner in the head with a cane. Mm-hmm. And then he goes down for the one, two, three. Even though Booker T is blinded by the salt. Broke broke the cane off in his ass. The cane was sh- broke. Yeah. Yes. Snapped into two. Mm-hmm. And if I recall... The crowd um, immediately uh, responded with adulation toward Harlem Heat by uh, throwing uh, some trash in there. Just filling the, filling, throwing trash everywhere. Now, I don't want to presuppose why these uh, yeah. bikers uh, loved Harlem Heat so well, much. Well, you know what? I know, I know why. There was a trash can right next to the ring. They were all trying to throw their trash away. And, and so, yeah. They're just terrible aim. Yeah, exactly. That's know. probably what yeah, happened. Yeah, they were just trying to be eco- like ecologically responsible. So, um, Harlem Heat, um, crowd love them, and they go home happy because they won. Mm-hmm. Next match, the Black Paladin versus Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match was pretty boring. Um, 
And yeah, not a whole lot. Ha I was expecting more for like we're getting into the meat and potatoes, but it's like it's really it was really rookie shit. Very much in a nothing match, and uh, Black Paladin hits the uh, force majeure for the one, two, three. And yeah. I think it, it in like two minutes, and so yeah. obviously we'll be hearing more of him. But honestly, not impressed. Hate to see rookies go down like that, though. Hi guys, hope you're enjoying the podcast. It's Richard again. Here to tell you about our GoFundMe, another great way to support our great work, if I do say so myself. At the $10 level, you get the URL to all our favorite TED Talks. It's a curated list of some of our great inspirational speakers. At the $15 level, you get access to our show notes. It's a great deal, guys. Private notes, lots of drawings. For $10, you get an unedited six-hour-long cut of our podcast at the $50 level you get NWO nose letter it is a roundup of current wrestling storylines news and entertainment and global politics and at the $100 level you get a private webcam show with the boys Alex and Richard for 15 minutes anyways back to hogwild 96 loving that action Uh, next match is Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair Hell for yes. the United States title. Hey guys, it's Alex again. Just to tell you about one more great way that you can support our show here. And that is our Amazon wish list. This one kind of helps us out from a more of a um, operations perspective. Uh, there's a couple of microphones that I've been eyeing that... Uh, would really just kind of help the overall sound of the show. Uh, there's a laptop that uh, has been in my cart for a while, and it would really just kind of ease the burden if um, that was uh, picked up by one of our listeners. There's also a few books that we have in there that uh, kind of help us research the topic that is wrestling in the 90s. Anything that you could purchase for us would just be a great help and a great way to support the show. So go ahead and click on that link, which can be found in this episode's description, and check it out. But before you do, let's get back to the rest of Hog Wild 1996. You know what? We actually called this match... Uh, the return of the Baxist. Yes. Because Ric Flair has a very pronounced uh, bulge in, yeah. in, his, in his middle back. And no one seems to be doing anything about it. He should really see someone not about Not Ric that. Flair, not the super referees that are really the winners of every match. But yeah. Man, he, yeah, it, it, you think for somebody that's being broadcast on national television, they do some shit about that. Yeah. Eddie, at one point, Eddie Guerrero, he just gives that a little smoochy poo. He gets, gets oh, right it's in right his, in his face! Right in his face! Like he's going for the for he's going for the back suplex, and yeah. that bulge, that cysty bulge, is like in his mouth. Oh, okay, in my mind, it was all like slow motion. It was like right up, all like on his eye, and just go. I just he catches a lip on it, maybe, and like it's just <laughs> bad. I mean, I know that cysts are you know they're, natu they're natural. They're natural, you know? but you know what? Any kind of bulge coming off someone's body, you have to assume is contagious in some way. Yeah, they're natural until you get let it get to the size of a baseball. Yeah, which is which what is, this is. We're, it's we're, kind of halfway in between baseball and golf ball. Yeah, we're we're looking at a little Rick. Racket ball. Racket. Yeah, exactly. 
I just I just hope that it's not the same uh, consistency as a racquetball. It's got a lot of spring in it. Yeah, it's kind of nice. <laughs> you touch it. And Eddie Guerrero really bounces off of it. Um, the match was all right. Um, I think uh, Flair working on the knee of Eddie Guerrero for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eddie, uh, he does expose uh, Flair's... Uh, yeah bright white ass <laughs> i was gonna ask i was did you see little rick flair turn into our little copper tone baby he did yeah and i mean this is this has been a exposing his ass has been a rick flair shtick yeah i mean for a time the clown shield. you know along with the whole uh you know flair flop yeah there's also him exposing his ass you know someone grabbing the tights exactly uh but he doesn't let him get him get him down he, you know he's just like my ass is out and he gets out of it and that's how he that's how he deals with it that's how he deals yeah, with it no shame he's the nature boy and, and he's all natural baby including his giant backs well i would don't i i would imagine that uh rick flair goes tanning but he go is seemingly goes tanning in his tights because yeah. uh that ass was just so white you know for a fact that he has his own tanning bed but he still he still doesn't want to wipe it down so he he wears his tights I'm going to say uh, tan lines, like drastic tan lines. He's not worried about them. Yeah. Should be. He should be. Big turnoff for me, personally. Yeah, exactly. I've never been into the whole uh, yeah. tan line thing. And I'm sorry, if you don't lift it, if you don't lift the scrote and get on the underneath, I'll walk away. <laughs> well, you don't want melanoma no, developing in that region. No, right. Taint. So, you know. Taint. Taint noma. So, Ric Flair working the knee and... Uh, Eddie's knee injured throughout the match. Yeah, uh, limping, not limping, not and he but he is able to successfully get his frog splash on the Nature Boy. And yeah, and but in doing so, he further uh, complicates his knee and cannot uh, go for the two count. In an M Night Shyamalan twist, he fucks his own shit up by jumping off the top rope onto somebody else. He does. Wow. Wow. Who could have saw that happening? He's able to get the figure four in on mm-hmm. Eddie. And Eddie will not tap. Flair able to get the leverage yep. uh, from the middle rope and from uh, Miss Elizabeth's help. Using the power of Miss Elizabeth. Yes. Channeling it through his body. What into... are they, the leverage. leverage. Using the leverage that her pulling down on him right. yields. And, uh, and not him humping Eddie Guerrero's foot. That's kind of what it looks like. It, it kind of looks, looks like, like him humping his, his foot. It looks like him fucking his heel. Like Ric Flair's into some, some crazy stuff. A foot stuff. fetishist. Yeah, exactly. And not trying to judge here. This guys. is a bizarre B thread. Yeah. Where it's like uh, man feet. Man, man three. Get out your man th- feet thread right here. <laughs> get out your man feet thread. This is what Flair is into. But he's able to hump his foot and get the leverage. And but Eddie doesn't tap out. But he does let his shoulders go flat on the mat for the count of three. Mm-hmm. So Ric Flair retains the U.S. belt, and there you have it. And all's right in the world. With me right now, the WCW Heavyweight Champion of the World. In this beautiful setting, I'm talking about the Giant, along with Manager Jimmy Hart. A little bit later on tonight, a title defense. We talk about the sunset, but some say the sun may be setting on World Championship Wrestling. Because of the new world order, Jimmy. Hogan, tonight's a giant step for you. Don't trip and fall because nobody's going to be there to pick you up. Giant, we talked about this earlier on the live show on TBS. You're going to be facing Hulk Hogan. Here's a man that you idolize. What is going through your mind as we speak at this hour? What's going through my mind right now is a long history of betrayal. When I was a kid, 
I was by far the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world. And I saw your true colors way before the rest of the world did. When you came out on Nitro and you told the kids and the fans of the world to stick it, you reminded me of the pain you caused me. Well, believe me, Hogan, tonight in Sturgis, I'm going to be the one to stick it. I'm going to stick my hand right around your neck. I'm going to squeeze it till your eyes pop. And I'm going to drive your neck right through the ring. Hogan, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Tonight, I lay the hoaxer to rest. Oh! Mean Gene interviews mm -hmm. the Giant and uh, Jimmy Hart. I'm actually worried about this guy. He seems a little... Uh... Not Jimmy Hart, the Giant. Why so? He seems off, man. He seems like he's dealing with some some bullshit. He seems to have had his world up turned upside down. Yeah, really shaken. He had a lot of faith in Hulk Hogan. I think so. You know what? They actually play that up is that the giant loved Hulk Hogan yeah. so much that when he turned heel, like he's a stand-in for the fans now. Mhm. Mm uh and you, he's feeling the outrage that the you know the crowd feels for having, you know, Hulk Hogan finally turned heel. And they can do that, but it does kind of ignore all of their previous history where the Giant faced Hulk Hogan before, mm -hmm. and they've had a very serious feud. Yeah. You know, at this point, like when the Giant was introduced, he came in as Andre the Giant's quote-unquote son, and uh, and he was going to avenge Hulk Hogan, I guess. Killing his father? Uh... Well, maybe he's just taking his anger on his father's death out on Hulk Hogan okay, because gotcha. Hulk. Maybe the you know the big blow off match that Hulk Hogan had with Andre at WrestleMania three. Yeah. You know, maybe that marked the end of Andre the Giant's he's career. Still, it still replays in in uh, the Giant's head. He's seeking revenge for that. Yeah. So basically, all that is chucked out the window, and now uh, the Giant loved Hulk Hogan as a kid. And now he's seeking revenge. How do you feel about him um, continuing to use his last name of Giant? Well, it is a family name. It's true. So that's true. I mean, let him keep him keep something after what Hogan it is Hulk funny, Hogan did to his dad. It is funny that he goes from, you know, you had Andre the Giant, mm -hmm. and then you have the Giant. So that is a definite article in the front of that with no qualifier prior. So this is just the giant. Mm -hmm. He is the giant that uh, supersedes all other giants. I don't. I'm not claiming to be a giant expert or know how giants work, but are they like Highlanders? There can only be one. Andre the Giant killed the Kurgan, and then killed. There actually was a wrestler named Kurgan. No <laughs> shit. He does not factor into uh, WCW storylines, but okay. there is a wrestler named Kurgan. That's fantastic. <laughs> So the next match is basically your last main event from the previous pay-per-view. Yeah. It is The Outsiders mm -hmm. uh, versus Sting yep. and Lex Luger. Yep. Now, I don't really remember much about what happened here, but there are two notable things. First and foremost is the debut of the NWO theme music. Yep. Which I think, uh, you know, we're going to be hearing it a lot here. Get uh, settled in. Listening to, you know, reviewing these pay-per-views, we're going to be hearing the NWO theme music an awful lot. And you might recognize it. The NWO theme music is cobbled together from 
Jimi Hendrix samples. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know, maybe we'll have to take a side and we splice in how it actually breaks down. Yeah. As it stands, it's actually just kind of annoying. It's it's like really 70s porny. A bit, yeah. yeah you almost... And, and Do you think that... I'm gonna say that there is a porn out there that splices in the end of the Yeah, movie. Scott Hall being there as like a really kind of greasy, gross kind of person, mm -hmm. he doesn't help with the whole 70s porn aspect. He doesn't. And actually, you should have seen him in his younger days when he had the mustache. Oh, God. Ooh, very much so. Jeez. Uh, too much. But I would say if you had the t if you had Hall and Nash in a porn, I would say definitely Kevin Nash, the more highly paid yeah. actor of the two. <clears throat> you know what the porn's name would be? Uh, you said Kevin Gash, but Kevin I guess Gash. That, Kevin Gash. Kevin Gash. That, that's more of a yeah. Th that actually would be the perfect name for like a Buck Angel type uh, star. Yes. Uh, Kevin Gash if is actually Kevin, the perfect Kevin name. Ga if Kevin Nash had a vagina. Uh, it would be Kevin Gash, and he would be a trans porn star. I think a non-binary porn star needs to take that name right now. Oh, get on it, you guys! I know we have—we're actually—that's part of our like big listener base. It's non-binary porn, <laughs> aspiring non-binary. Well, porn I stars. think we'd like to include all non-binary listeners, uh, whether or not they uh, are participate uh, in the adult industry. Whether they're exhibitionists or not, I, I okay. think we need right. to have, uh, you know, all non-binary and uh, all genderqueer, uh, you know, sexes listening to the show. That's, I couldn't agree more. Um, oh, also the ending of the match. Been down low, and maybe... Rudy's got the torture rock. Oh, he hit Nick Patrick. Hit Nick Patrick in the eye. Patrick goes down. Luger trying to get him up. What was that? Patrick stumbled. One, two, three. What was that? What was that? Nick Patrick. I'm going to tell you what, that looked like a little faster count to me than usual. Well, he stumbled into Burning and Luger, and the Outsiders win it. I don't like the smell of this at all. The, it was a little messy. Yep. So it, so they do a, a spot with the referee, Nick Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Luger has uh, Scott Hall going up for the torture rack, and Scott Hall's foot hits Nick Patrick in the eye. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't go... Well, he goes down a little bit, mm -hmm. and then he gets back up, and then Lex Luger picks Hall up again for the torture rack, yep. and then Nick Patrick dives into the back of Lex Luger's knee. Oh, yeah. So they kind of fuck up the spot. And they just repeat it. A blinded Nick Patrick. A blinded Nick Patrick goes into the back of Lex Luger's knee, yeah. which takes him down, and then he does a fast count for the one, two, three, yeah. where yeah. Hall wins. He kind of does Hall it. Hall and Ash he, win. Yeah, he does it. He he does the first two really fast, and he like finally go is just like, oh fuck, like I remember how to count now, now because he like is temporary amnesiac. 
<laughs> he is. It's only through muscle memory that it counts to three. Well, he is a referee and he's trained. Exactly. The, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's, it he, should be in his muscle He's memory. a professional. Uh, now, there's a few reasons why this is bothersome. Uh, number one, it looks like shit. And two, why would him doing a shoulder... Why would this scrawny man mm-hmm. doing a shoulder tackle into the back of Lex Luger's knee put him down for the one, two, three? Yeah. So it makes no sense. Yeah, definitely. Now, I guess you're supposed to now be under the impression that Nick Patrick... You're supposed to be under the suspicion that Nick Patrick may now be in the back pocket of the NWO. And how do we know that suspicion? Uh, because he's going to be doing things that are uh, NWO friendly. Oh. Throughout the uh, court. And I think they eventually just confirm it as he's the NWO referee. But, okay. Uh, but at this point, there is an aura of suspicion surrounding him right and they they've but made... you don't know that at this point so it just looks like shit and you're just kind of just looks like sloppy wrestling this is some indie shit yeah dude but read between the lines sheeple and that brings us to our main event yeah uh where hulk hogan will finally face the giant hell yeah ladies and gentlemen welcome to wcw hot wild here in the very heart of america the land of crazy horse Mount Rushmore and the Badlands and of course the home to the 56th annual Assembly of the World's Greatest Bikers, Sturgis, South Dakota! Tonight, we will see no event that has ever been performed in the history of the WCW like the one you're about to see. An outside organization, the New World Order, will attempt to steal the title of the World Heavyweight Champion. In this, the battle for the WCW Heavyweight Championship of the World. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Thousands in attendance here at ringside, and the millions watching around the world on television. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now we find we see the Hulk mm-hmm. come out. He is now decked out entirely in black. He looks pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, he he. Uh, they got the merch out for the NWO real fucking quick. Well, I think this is the. Uh, this isn't the official NWO shirt. This is okay. like the spray painted. This is like the homespun. Uh, your variation. Yeah, your iron ons. Yeah, this is okay. definitely an iron on. This is the flea market type NWO situation. The bootleg. Yeah. The bootleg shirt. The, the non-official. The really gangster Tweety Bird and, and Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Those kind of with the spray paint. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeesh. And so we finally have this match. How hyped were you to see this? I'm I was I was pretty jacked. I was pretty torqued. Because I gotta say, Andre the Giant's son. Uh-huh. It made me think like he was gonna bring bring some Hellfire and Vengeance down on some Hulk Hogan for turning heel. Yeah, and you know I was surprised myself because I didn't know that Hulk Hogan was gonna turn heel. Yeah, you were com- caught completely off guard. I did not know who that third man was. I was right with Dusty Rhodes. And now 
We're not only talking about the third man, we're talking about a fourth man. We're talking about a fourth we man. We want to know, over the past couple of Nitros, which I yeah. reviewed okay. in preparation for right. for the for watching this pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to know who the fourth man is. There mm-hmm. was a suspicion of, you know, there were attacks on WCW wrestlers and, uh, you know, they had to have some kind of a system. But who was it? Uh, well, more on that later. Yeah. Be- uh, because first off, we have this kind of boring match to talk about. Yeah. Now... I don't want to talk about work rate when it comes to these two guys, but Hulk Hogan generally has... If Hulk Hogan's going to have a good match, someone kind of has to carry him to get there. Yeah. Uh, because he's not hes not the best worker in the world. And man, if the Giant isn't the one to do that... Uh, I, I would actually venture to say that he isn't the one to do that. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, so I think the most... So it's pretty boring, and I think the most biggest spot in it is when the giant hulks up Mm -hmm. so the giant does his old hulks you know hulking up shtick right against him he does the pointing of the finger he points at the hulk Mm -hmm. and then he delivers a big boot yep a big slow boot a big slow boot the slowest boot i've ever seen uh and then you immediately have some uh some shenanigans from the outsiders who come out who grab jimmy hart's megaphone yep and they're about to deck uh, the giant with it, but he he returns with a boot. He gives yeah. a boot to both Hall and Nash. Oh yeah, and or no, he gives he's he, a choke slam. He he's, gives he's, Hall a, a giant choke yep. slam, and then he's about to get hit with a megaphone from Nash. From Nash, and he gives him the boot. Does he? Do you it? think we're gonna see these two giants face off later? Uh, Hall, I mean Kevin Nash, standing uh, over seven feet tall, not a small man himself. Both big men, a towering l- lumberjack in. of a man. Are we going to see them face face off? To I sure I sure hope so. There's could people, be in the cards later on down the road man, a real showstopper of a match that would be. that would pay for good money to see those two face off. Oh, absolutely! I know a guy, Sonny Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono would. <laughs> During the course of these shenanigans, um, Hulk Hogan is able to sneak in with the title belt and clocks the giant in the face. Uh, the referee distracted no. turns around to see him clocked out. And Hulk Hogan gets the one, two, three, and is your new WCW World the Heavyweight way, Champion. The way that Giant took the getting hit in the head with the belt, you would think that Hulk Hogan shot him in the fucking face. He laid down for a good long time. Yeah. What happened next? A few things. Uh, a, co- a confusing array of things happen. Mm-hmm. All During the course, the Giant is just taking a nap in the middle of the ring just sleepy time for giant we find out who the fourth man is it is the booty man the booty man Brutus. Uh, i'm sorry not Brutus. brutus the barber beefcake formerly known as brutus the barber beefcake formerly known as the zodiac yeah in wcw but also the booty man hulk hogan's best friend giant yo outsiders the booty man Knows it's Hulk Hogan's birthday, brother. Yeah. And you know what? Now I'm going to wish a happy birthday to me, brother. Yo, booty man. What a surprise. Hey, Hulk, I just want to say, first of all, congratulations on being the new NWO World Heavyweight Champion. He is the WCW Heavyweight Champion. Very simply put, that is a falsehood right there. In just a second, it's my pleasure.
miss you, brother. A happy birthday in front of all these people at Stankin'. Well, where's the members of the Dungeon Doom when you need them? Yeah. And last but not least, I just want to put my hand out and thank you for being there for me for 22 years, man. Congratulations, champ. Well, we have a you know the booty, man? I love you, man, like you're my own blood. You know something, man? For 20 years, brother, you and I have been hanging together. And to have you here with an NWO shirt on is something special. But you know something, brothers? Now that I'm the champion in Denver, Colorado, Ric Flair is gonna get the beating of his life. But you know something? There's something we all gotta learn here, man. The reason the NWO is so powerful the reason we're gonna make Ted Turner look like a second-class citizen, we're gonna wipe out the WCW, is that we never mix business with friendship or pleasure. And you know something, Ric Flair, we attacked the WCW for a reason, not because Arn Anderson was there. And so you showed your down card, brother. You got a soft spot, dude, for Arn Anderson. Well, this is my best friend here. And the one thing, He's been driving me crazy about this, the NWO, man. And now that we've got the mission accomplished, we want to tell you one thing, brother. They do not have We never, ever mix business with friendship, but this is a special occasion, man. And we got a surprise for you. You know what, brother? We got a surprise. Hold on. What in the world is going on? Get him, boys. Let's get him. Can you believe this? Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something, Ric Flair. That is business, brother. And that was my best friend. If I'll do that to my best friend, what am I gonna do to you in Denver, Colorado? The NWO rules, brother. Hulk Hogan is a very dangerous, sick individual. Oh, you're bet on that. He comes out with a cake congratulating with a popper. It's really nice, yeah. Yeah, he comes out with a cake for the Hulk. Um, with actually what looks like a giant popper, it's actually the spray paint. Oh. Which will which will be coming into play in oh, shortly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and comes out with a cake, and it, he is the fourth man. He mm-hmm. pledges his devotion, loves to be in the NWO. Uh, Hulk Hogan responds, uh, teasing the flair. Uh, the feud that he's going to have with Ric Flair yep. in uh, Denver mm-hmm. uh, says, you've gone soft, Ric Flair, because we... Referring to his back cyst. Yes. <laughs> I can only assume. Mm-hmm. Because Ric Flair's gone soft because of his back cyst and because of his love for Arn Anderson. Yes. <laughs> Which is deep. Quite deep. It's so deep. And here's the Hulk's best friend. Yeah. And he shows yeah. how much... The, you know, he means to him, to yeah. the Hulk, uh, by attacking him. Which, by the way, if your best friend is named Booty Man, your wife will make you leave that man. 
You're going to have a, you, every girlfriend that you ever try to date will say, I don't know about Booty Man. I don't know about this Booty Man. We, you might want to just, you know, rethink. You, you Maybe have, it's time to move on. Yeah. Move on past the Booty Man stage you, in your life. You've got, a, you've got a good job and this guy still lives in a van in his parents' driveway. He actually looks like that. You actually noted he looked like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in his NWO regalia, you cannot help but see that. You got to picture a young Dog the Bounty Hunter and boom, you have Booty Man. Uh, so the booty man goes down, the outsiders proceed to spray paint the WCW belt, mm-hmm. christening it the NWO championship belt. That's it, yeah. And that's how we sign They don't weight class or anything like that. No, There's just, only one weight class. Just only NWO. one weight class in the NWO. Heavy. Heavy. Extremely. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan teases his next match with Ric Flair mm-hmm. in Denver. Yeah. But... Let's not get ahead of ourselves because our next pay-per-view is Fall Brawl 1996. Yeah, baby. I, I think this the which will take place after that match. Okay. So, I don't want to I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Yeah. But uh things are not going to go Ric Flair's way and they're going to continue this feud with the NWO and the Four Horsemen. Yeah, NWO has some has some traction now. Yeah, they've got some heat. Mhm. And so they're going to keep riding this Harlem heat. Uh, not quite that. <laughs> <laughs> not quite that hot. <laughs> not quite that hot. Because uh, I think you'll note that there was no trash thrown in the ring. Or you know what? If there was trash thrown in the ring at the end of the main event, it, there was less trash. Yeah. Can I also say that? Uh, um, just just how much uh, just how much Sturgis, South Dakota likes um, likes Harlem Heat is that the NWO is supposed to be taking over the entire wcw yeah and not a not a single piece of trash was thrown in the ring after after hogan makes probably because they didn't want to spoil hogan's birthday it was his birthday it was his birthday. that was actually oh. very polite that was very restrained on the on the part of the bikers well richard are you pumped for fall brawl 96 because that's big, coming on down the pike here alex i'm big papa pumped now just imagine it's fall you're gonna brawl. Yeah. Uh, Tree, so trees are changing colors. Cozy up with a nice uh, pumpkin spice latte. Yep. Uh, get your cozy sweater on. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe light a light a, a candle from Bath and Body Works and light get it. ready to enjoy the cool fall air. I think I will. And the brawling. And Don't the, forget about uh, the brawling. Nothing says nothing. You know what? There's a lot of things that that a lot of people think about when when they think of fall i think of brawls all right richard well get ready for the foliage and the lattes oh yeah oh and don't forget about the the hearty beers oh man but more more importantly get ready for the brawl oktoberfest we're doing it 96 hell yeah see you then peace Sutton brother, the new world order is real important around here. First, we take the WCW title, easily I might add. We transform it into the new world order belt. And then all of a sudden, red turns to green brother, as you see the macho man 
one of my former friends laying out in the middle of the square circle, brother. You know, the way I feel right now, there's just no stopping the new world order, me, G. What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. If God had a face, well, what this whole thing boils down to is business, brother. I already told you why we attacked the WCW. We attacked the WCW for a reason. Not because of who was there. I didn't care if General Custard himself or President Clinton was there. We were there for a reason and we accomplished that mission. Just like when condominiums were burned in Waco. They burned them for a reason. Not because of who was in there. That's why Ric Flair, brother, that's why I did what I did tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us Just a stranger on the bus Trying to make his way home Trying to make his way home Back up to heaven make sure that since all the fans out here, everybody in the WCW has such a high regard for your past accolades, dude. I want to make sure there wasn't a hair missing, a mark, or a scar on your body because in a clash of champions, when I step in the ring with the new NWO belt, the new NWO champion, I don't want any excuses, brother, when I wipe you out right in Denver, Colorado. 72 hours from now. The announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.